Hi, I'm Karuna. I'm the founder and executive director of Mind Oasis, and this is Meditation Happy Hour, Tea Talk and Truth with Karuna. And my guest today is Sarah May. Sarah May, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Where in the world are you right now? Um, so normally I live in Southern Baja in Mexico, um, but I am in Fort Worth, Texas right now visiting family. So it's been a summer of travel, which has been really nice. Yeah. So where all have you, have you gone? Um, well, I came back, I came up to Fort Worth the start of the summer and then drove from here all the way up to New England to visit my family there. So I've been to New Hampshire and Vermont. And that was just fantastic, really cool, beautiful weather and gorgeous scenery. Um, and then back in Fort Worth now, and then eventually headed back down South to Mexico. And tell our listeners or viewers about your little family. Who do you have? Oh my gosh. Well, my family is myself, my husband, and our two dogs, our two doggy kiddos. Yeah. (laughs) What are their names? So they are sport and bijou. And, uh, yeah, thanks to the dogs, I've put like at least 6,000 miles on my car this summer, because, um, if they come with us, we have to drive everywhere. So it's definitely, um, you know, something traveling with dogs, but they're great. Awesome. So we know one another from studying the Dharma, and I would just love to hear a little bit we'll get to the Dharma part, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your life and sort of what brought you to a very yogic path, though you also study um, Tibetan Buddhism very intently as well. So just kind of tell us how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Sometimes I don't even know. (laughs) It's like I just uh, (laughs) landed here. And then there's also like this weird sense of like, I've always been here, like I'm exactly where I should be, you know, Um, but I guess like the short of it is kind of um, like I've always been athletic, like my whole life has been kind of in this world of fitness, you know, so it kind of made sense that I came to the Dharma through yoga and I came to yoga through just like purely physical intention, you know, like none of this yoga philosophy stuff, like just want to, uh, you know, be more flexible, you know? Um, so yeah, it was kind of like this weird meeting of like, like, Oh, like I was doing yoga and I realized like there was this whole other layer to yoga practice, but at the same time, like in my personal life, things were falling apart and it was like, Oh, you know, I was starting a meditation practice that was like, in my mind, totally separate from yoga, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. <laughs> and so it was like, eventually those two worlds just like came together and like the one helped me learn about the other. And I think because I'm so like physical and how I learn, that's also how I teach. And so it's kind of like, you know, I can't imagine teaching like, meditation or the Dharma without teaching yoga, you know, that's the short of it. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So let's deep dive into you and Mind Oasis for a moment here, and then we'll kind of swim backwards from there. Um, I was thinking about this time together and some of the places I'd like to go is, um, 
how you ended up in Bahasur, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about surfing. I'd love to hear a little bit about dirt biking. Like there's a bunch of you, I was thinking, you know, all of my guests are lovely, but sometimes I have guests that I know a little bit more. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of like the, the deep dive into some of the little things that I know about you. Right. So we'll get there, but just in case people don't have a ton of time, um, I'd love to first talk about the mini workshop that you're bringing, because this, I feel like all of our listeners, all of our listeners, friends, partners, family, maybe even their dogs should come to, um, because it's all about a morning practice for more restful nights. And when I look around at our world, I see, I see a, a deeply sleep deprived society. Now, having said that, my bedtime is 8.30 at night and people kind of laugh at that. But I have to tell you, I go to bed at 8.30 at night. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night for like a half hour or so. And I just do a little practice of a little meditation or whatever. And then I go back to sleep. And then I get up at five and my morning ritual has turned into that. I go for a run at six and it's right at the break of dawn. And it's really made my days so much more sparkly is the only way I can describe it. Yeah. And I'm a little tired because I think the COVID, the COVID has exhausted us all. So there's this underlying exhaustion yet. I really try to take care of myself in terms of sleep. So from there, tell us all about the workshop and also why on earth um, this is important to you. Yeah. Well, I'm right there with you on the 8.30 bedtime. (laughs) I am like a huge believer in going to bed early um, you know, waking up early, God, the morning is like the most magical time of the day. I personally think it's like quiet and there's just such a good vibe about the morning. Um, but yeah, this is important to me because, um, if we're not getting enough sleep, it doesn't matter what the heck else we're doing to try to improve our lives or our health or our happiness. Like it's not going to work. Like sleep is like the found absolute foundation of everything. And you can have like the healthiest diet and you can be meditating and exercising, but if you're not getting enough sleep, like none of it is going to matter, you know? Um, so I think it's really important for people to realize that because we can like run ourselves ragged like trying to do all these healthy things that, and, you know, for not sleeping, it's like, really, what's the point? Like our central nervous system is just like totally stressed all the time. Um, so, so sleep, we need it. And then I think a lot of like, when people are having a hard time sleeping, a lot of the focus tends to be on, well, what are you doing? Like the two hours before bedtime, you know? Um, but I think really like sleeplessness, is part of this cycle that doesn't have a beginning. It's not like, oh, your sleeplessness started two hours before bedtime. Like, can we go back, further back, further back, further back? Um, So I think what we do first thing in the morning and how we wake up and how we set up our day is like really impactful when it comes to how we're sleeping at night. So the mini workshop is gonna be like a, a little, you know, five step morning routine that can hopefully uh, help you sleep better at night and just ha- and have a better day too. 
Yeah. So it's interesting how I came to, I don't know how I came to the 830 thing, except that when I went on my month long meditation retreat in the desert, I stayed in a trailer and I would meditate all day, basically go insane by four, not sure if I could make it another day, but then I was like, okay, all you have to do is make it to bedtime. So having an early bedtime was really convenient because then at four o'clock when I was having my daily freak out, which I had every single day, um, I knew, okay, well, if I can make it until eight and then I'm brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed and then I go to bed and I would have like a little practice in bed before I went to sleep. So going to bed early at 8.30 was convenient because it shortened my day. From that, then the other times I went out to the desert to retreat, I stayed in a kind of even chintzier trailer. And so I was really at the mercy of the cycle of the day. And what I realized through that by not having like all the electricity and the heat and the air conditioning and everything was how more balanced I felt in the cycle, the rhythm of natural daylight and natural nighttime. Yeah. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that you use the word balance (laughs) because, uh, you know, that's what my October workshop is all about is this equanimity. So I love that you use that word. Um, but yeah, we are so like, um, removed from circadian rhythm in our crazy, busy, stressful lives. And I think, uh, you know, it's like the water you swim in and we don't really even realize like how much that this is affecting us until we do something like go out into the desert where, you know, there's maybe not electricity or when it gets dark, what can you do? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, like the becoming more in tune with how our bodies have developed to best express themselves after like thousands and thousands of years living without technology and without electricity, um, I think is only of benefit to us as just like happy, healthy human beings. It's interesting that you bring up the, um, the amount of time as human beings, we spent like not in electricity or Wi-Fi or anything like that, because, um, I think sometimes we forget how, when you look at the timeline of humans and what we've just most recently been exposed to, like what a dynamic shock that must really be to our nervous system. And we just, because we're highly adaptable human beings, here we are, you know, we survive, but, um, but, you know, do we survive? Cause there's a lot of people who I'm friends with and myself included. Um, when I have to go into an office, which I do a couple of times a week now, um, I'm in my pain body by about one o'clock. Um, and it's real. And I don't know if it's the unnatural light or I'm thinking it might be more like the EMF field. Um, but it's real. And so, you know, I don't know if we're really thriving or if maybe this is a source of a lot of our, um, pain in this world, actually, whether it be physical or emotional or psychological. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had the same thought. It's like, are we, are we surviving or we're surviving, but like, are we really thriving the way that we could be, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, sleeping 
better and really like giving your body, letting your body see like what a, a, a drastic change that is and how much it can improve your life is, you know, maybe the first step in just uh, letting go of even more of the things that just keep us, you know, off balance or on edge constantly. So let's get to your, um, your, your workshop that you're offering in October. But I just want to say that the mini workshops that we offer on Mind Oasis, including the one with Sarah May, um, which is called a brief morning practice for more restful nights, um, which I just love is on Sunday, the 26th of September, and it's at 10 a.m. Central and they're just 30 minutes. And if you sign up and if for some reason you're not able to make it live, though, you should definitely make it live. But if you're not able to, they're recorded. And so that's really cool because you can also go back and visit them or you can um, watch or listen to the recording after. So that's the 26th of September and that's a Sunday. So tell us a little bit more about your, um, your workshop that you're offering in October around equanimity. And, and just, if you will, Sarah May, will you define equanimity for folks? It's one of those words we think we know what it means, but I, I feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and really that's like kind of what the workshop is all about is like getting into like, what is really equanimity for us? And I mean, to me, uh, this word equanimity, which is so fun to say, by the way, <laughs> to you me, know. it's like really about just like being centered, being balanced, um, feeling stable, uh, not you know, constantly being pulled up and down, right and left, side to side, whatever, what have you. Um, it's, it's about being centered and being calm. Um, and the workshop, we're going to sort of explore what equanimity is and why it's so important and how it can have an influence over our lives. And we're going to do that exploration through, you know, discussion and talking, but also through meditation and a full one hour, maybe a little more <laughs> a yoga practice. <laughs> so we're going to get into our bodies and uh, into our minds and on our mats and really uh, define for ourselves what it means to not be uh, vulnerable to being constantly pulled off balance, you know? You mentioned, Sarah May, that you are um, a lifelong athlete um, and that, you know, you, you have the flexi genes. So I just want to know, is, is the workshop appropriate for all levels or is it really designed for yogis? Yeah, no, it's definitely appropriate for all levels. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to do, we're going to do movement, but it's going to be um, suitable for anyone, even if you're not like a daily yoga handstand person. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be suitable. And of course I'll offer, you know, modifications up and down, but, um, it's really just about like using the body to explore and question and feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like coming full circle back to where we sort of started, you know, at one point in your life, like yoga, physical meditation, mind, and then you were like, oh, they're connected. And, and what I love about that is that you're the most perfect person then to share how they connect with others who maybe are still like in the stage where they're like, I don't know, I'm a meditator, but I don't get the whole yoga thing or 
I'm into yoga, but like, I don't really understand like why we have to do the mind thing. So I love that. The name of your workshop is remaining balanced in a topsy turvy world. I'd love to hear a little bit about your topsy turvy world. Um, I think anyone would have to be hiding under a rock not to have felt it for the past year and a half. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience with, um, you know, a year and a half of COVID and isolation and all the masks, vaccines, no vaccines, no masks. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. How's it been? Yeah. Um, it's, I'm trying not to swear. (laughs) No, you can swear. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Swear. There we go. I just opened it up for you. (laughs) It's been, uh, really shitty, you know, it's been a really shitty past almost two years, pretty much two years for a lot of people, myself included. I mean, it's been, you know, obviously there's paradox in that, you know, it's been crap and and I'm still in the crap, (laughs) but it's also a lot that's happened that has really shifted my reality in the most like beautiful, amazing, magical ways. Um, You know, so I think, you know, I'm, Uh, yeah, I think we all have this experience of like, uh, you know, things aren't, things aren't perfect (laughs) and things go wrong and things fall apart. And this happens all the time. And it's like really, really, uh, happening to us now on like a level where we're all like, Oh, like more aware of it, I guess, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, a big thing about why equanimity is so important is because it helps give us this like resilience, um, you know, in this way to like tune into ourselves for a sense of stability where it doesn't matter what's going on around us in the outside world or, you know, what's happening to us, so to speak. Like if we can embody equanimity then we can navigate all these ups and downs without feeling like we're just being like thrown around, you know? Um, And that's important because, you know, change is here to stay, (laughs) you know, there's always going to be something. And even, you know, God willing COVID goes away or what what have you like there's going to be the next thing you know so i think what we're really being shown like um if you want to work on stability like now's the time (laughs) now is a really good time yeah yeah and i love that because um covid was very difficult in our home um and while it was very busy for mind oasis we like to say we were kind of cool before like everybody else had to hop online we were doing that since 2017 so we were really well poised to pivot and to be a resource and to be helpful um but you know i live up in the mountains with my husband and my two dogs in a home and so we kind of live in isolation but we have like two or three things we really like to do We like to go to a restaurant one or two times a week. We like to go to the movies like once every couple of weeks. Um, And then I kind of like to go and, you know, I guess to a restaurant for like some appetizers on my own. Apart from that, like we hike, ski, now we motorcycle. So we do all of these things really that are isolated to start with. But those few things that we would go out and do in society were like a lifeline in our relationship. And for me, like my mental health, I like to 
you're, I think we're both kind of introverts, even though I appear extroverted, I believe we're both introverted. Right. So like for me, I like to be in public, but anonymous, which is oftentimes why I'll like, just go to the bar and like have an appetizer. And I'm just kind of in the scene, but I don't have to like do much other than just show up. So for during the time of COVID, those few little things that were not available was so hard on us. Yeah. The stability of my meditation practice, of my yoga practice, of having community in in, um, Mind Oasis was amazing. But my, when you were talking about like, it's been shitty, the emotions are still there. And I think that that's what people are learning about. And I'm excited for your workshop. Let me just say when it is. Um, It's the 10th of October. It's a Sunday. It's two and a half hours. And it starts at 10 a.m. Central. And again, it's called Remaining Balanced in a Topsy-Turvy World um, on the 10th of October. And the way that you find both of Sarah May's workshops is you go to Mind Oasis and there's a tab that says learn and you'll just scroll down and you'll find both of them there. And the workshop is free. And then there is tiered pricing for um, the mini workshop is free and you'll find tiered pricing for the, the other workshop. So this is all to say, tying it back to equanimity and what you'll be offering people. It's like, I don't think equanimity means denying the experience. The experience can still suck. The emotions can still suck, but are the emotions going to sweep you away? Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. And then I want to get to your dirt biking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really glad that you said that. I think there's definitely like this misconception that to be in a state of equanimity is like to be in a state of indifference, you know, like, like I'm just so detached, nothing can touch me, nothing can bother me. And it's like, you know, that's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem because that's not like what it is to be human. You know, we have this whole range of emotions. Um, I mean, to me, equanimity is more about just this total radical acceptance. Like if I can look at the situation for what it is and kind of observe from a distance, you know, I can realize like, oh, this is shitty, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm not shit. And I, I, I don't have to be like in it and pulled around by it and thrown off balance by it. Um, I, I can see it for what it is. And now I know what I have to work with. And I can also give myself self-compassion for experiencing this like wide range of human emotions, which is totally normal, you know, versus going, oh, well, I'm never frustrated or angry or thrown off balance because I'm so spiritual or what, what have you like, that's BS, you know? So, um, yeah. So I'm really glad you said that about the misconceptions about equanimity. And of course, we'll talk about that more in the workshop. Amazing. So again, you go to mindoasis.org and you'll go to the learn tab and you'll find both of the offerings from Sarah May. Um, one is in uh, September, her mini workshop on how to get a more restful night's sleep for real um, by practicing in the morning and then um, remaining balanced in a topsy-turvy world, her workshop she's bringing in 
October. Um, okay. So before we get to the, the most important part of all of my podcasts, the question I ask everyone, talk a little bit about surfing and dirt biking and all the amazing sort of, um, edgy sports you have participated in. Yeah. Well, if there's one positive thing for me that came out of the pandemic was that, um, I, my, all my work, uh, shifts to online only. And so I up and moved down to Mexico, uh, where I surf as much as possible. I live on literally like one of the world's greatest surf points in a really small town that nobody's will ever have heard of. <laughs> um, well, don't share it. Cause then everybody's going to show up. It's going to be an outside right? magazine. Do not say it. <laughs> People have to research on their own. Um, but yeah, I mean, that it's just one part of like this fantastic outdoor life that I really, really intentionally cultivated over the past, like five to seven years of my life, you know, like every decision I made, it was like, is this going to bring me closer to freedom or take me further from it? And, you know, riding motorcycles is part of that dirt dirt biking is part of that surfing is part of that and just um you know teaching yoga and meditation and studying the dharma it's all part of that so i'm gonna give a little uh hint to the listeners or viewers here one of the things that happens i don't know about surfing because i don't surf but i do ride a motorcycle i do trail running um what else i'm trying to think oh i don't know I'm sure there's other things, but, um, well, and meditation and studying the Dharma, there is such freedom to be found in single pointed attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and sports like that require single pointed attention. In fact, um, during the U S Olympics, I got kind of curious about what kind of a meditation practice those athletes have, um, to be able to have single pointed attention on whatever their sport is, but remain in field of awareness. So for example, I'm thinking of gymnasts, like you aren't thinking as you're flipping through the air about where you're landing, you're in the motion that you're specifically in right in that moment. But there is this equal field of awareness, which of course that's meditation practice. It's single pointed plus awareness. And then that brings the mindfulness. And I was like, oh my gosh, all of those Olympians, they are like master meditators that just happen to be like also really physically like so fit and talented. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, um, you know, so my, my background and my past life is all, um, in rowing, which is also one of those, like, uh, as a, I was a single scholar. So it's also one of those like introvert sports where you're just doing the same motion over and over again, you know, and you're really, it's like a meditative practice and, and that's for, and with surfing and riding motorcycles, you know, we talk about getting into this flow state and, uh, and you can get into the flow state through seated meditation practice, you know, like that's what it's all about. It's like focusing on one you know, things so intently, whether it's your breath or whether it's like a physical movement, 
and repeat that focus until you know all the thoughts all the bs just quiets down and then there you are in this like beautiful state of flow and connection and and i think that that's you know like you were saying yoga versus meditation i think like hopefully people that meditate only can open to the fact of like meditation's a really physical practice you know and then the the people that do physical practice you know um for them to understand like their physical practice is really like about entering this flow state of mind you know big so, time yeah so sarah may what's your truth ah. um well i'll just follow in that same direction you know i think my truth right now is like encompasses this grand paradox that like right now um there's a lot of stuff that is like not working out well right now <laughs> and uh and it's difficult times and so i feel like i'm acutely aware that i'm like a work in progress right now you know but at the same time i have this like foundation of practice and this understanding that allows me to go well i'm a work in progress but like i'm also perfect everything's perfect just as it is right now like i'm exactly where i need to be and i'm doing what i need to be doing and like all the stuff that even the stuff that i might label as crappy is like really teaching me something that i need right now you know so I think that's like my truth. My truth right now is like, uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but like also everything is totally okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, that's just lovely. Um, I got to see a really beautiful sunrise this morning. And it just lasted, by the time I looked away and I looked back, it, it had turned into blue sky, which was equally as beautiful, but you know, it was like pinks and purples. And, and I thought, oh, that's enough for today. Yeah. You know, that magic moment was enough for today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Okay, so right. Sarah May joins us on Mind Oasis um, with two offerings. One is free. It's her mini workshop, and it'll be all about how to use morning practices to actually get better sleep, which you all need. So be sure to come and it's on a weekend. So you have no excuse not to come and we record them. So if you can't make it live, sign up anyway, and you'll get the recording. And then on Sunday, October 10th, she's bringing this beautiful workshop called equanimity remaining balanced in a topsy turvy world with Sarah May. And you'll get to do both physical practices and there'll be some Dharma. There'll be some discussion. Dharma is just a fancy word for some teachings um, and some meditation. Sarah May, it was so lovely to spend time with you. Yeah, you too. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you. So go to mindoasis.org, sign up with Sarah May. She's an amazing human being, a dear friend, and so much love to you, honey. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks.